0: So that was always from the jump. That was my goal: immortalize yourself. Like you know, you have, but you know, you you, you know, we live to die. You don't you don't have much information on when your time is, yes. right? So for me, it was just like I had to really grind it out. And I was like, I'm touching everybody. Like yeah. I'm gonna photograph all of hip hop, mm-hmm. right? And I I haven't
1: even stopped that journey. I'm still in it. Yes. Peace, everyone. Welcome to Masters of Ceremony. I'm your host, Andrew Askaripor, and I'm so excited to release this week's episode with my dear brother, the extremely talented Sen Floyd. Sen Floyd is one of the most amazing photographers and videographers I personally know from New York. He's a very dear friend of mine, and I always knew he was somebody who I wanted to get on the podcast because he's not only an amazing visual artist, but He's someone who has a deep understanding about how the way we live our lives and how spiritual practices and awareness can impact everything we do in life. And I think that really shows clearly through his work. So for context, I do want to share that we recorded this podcast back in 2020, but I truly believe that everything we discussed here was timeless and I'm so excited to finally be releasing this episode. Some of the things we discussed were how Sen was raised in a health-conscious and spiritually aware household and how that impacted him. We went into his early beginnings and passions into photography and videography and how the mentors that he had access to really instilled a sense of of confidence into his work. We went on to speak about how... During around 2015 or so, Sen really began to document the emerging New York hip-hop scene of the times. And I can attest to Sen's incredible outwork during this time because um, I was documenting a lot of the same artists and was in a lot of the same circles. And Sen was just a beast during that whole era of New York hip-hop and continues to be. So we spoke about how He has always had the willingness just to document the times and work with any artist who he really believed in and help add to their legacy, not only his own. We went on to speak about legacy and how in these days and times, we're very caught up with instant gratification and immediate praise and how the kind of work him and I really want to put out is the work that is going to stand the test of time. We went on to speak about how him going through his entire journey with mixed martial arts and practicing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu really served as and continues to serve as a spiritual doctrine for him and has impacted every other facet of his life and getting a chance to really delve into how Sen spends his days and his mentality and his lifestyle and seeing how all of that impacts his work was, for me, one of the highlights of this podcast. We also spoke about how Sen has already begun mentoring young teens on photography and video and everything that that has provided to him as a teacher. We spoke about Sen's meditation practice and how that's radically allowed him to achieve most of what he's sought out to achieve and plans to achieve throughout his life. And I really love to hear what Sen had to say about meditation. Um, We spoke about advice to young photographers regarding workflow and how to establish a healthy and trustful connection to your subjects and really so much more. I just really hope you guys enjoy this episode with Sen. I don't think it's only for photographers. I think it's for anybody who's Needing a little bit of inspiration or motivation to chase their dreams, and it was such a pleasure getting to sit down with my brother and have this amazing conversation. I hope you guys enjoy. Yo, Sen, or right, man, my brother, welcome to Masters of Ceremony, man. My
0: pleasure, thank you for having me. Of
1: course, man, it's an honor to have another photographer who I have so much respect for and who I have shared so many different. Appreciate um, it, man memories with, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, man. Thank you
0: for having me, man. Like yeah. we always talk about like, you know, uh, moments and conversations that we have which are like brief moments in in, in time, but they kind of like last, you know, a lifetime for me. Of course. Yeah.
1: yeah, man. For me, that's been one of the most special things with this podcast mm-hmm. is to document some of these conversations and to have them last a lifetime and be able to be replayed by people and yeah i mean you and i both know as people who study other artists of our crafts how valuable even just like a 30 minute interview is Mm -hmm. for our motivation Mm -hmm. you know yeah and uh for me it's just a big blessing to be able to sit down with people like you and be able to create this documentation for others to receive inspiration by Mm -hmm. yeah man so i guess uh I have so many questions for you, Okay. <laughs> but we obviously only have so much time. So I want to be a little bit concise in this interview, but I would love to ask you to speak about some of your upbringing and some of how your family influence encouraged you to mm. not only get into photography, mm-hmm. but uh, encouraged you to have the motivation that you have for life. Mm-hmm. Because you seem like someone who has that mentality of, I'm going to go and get it and not wait for anybody to give it to me. So how All was right. that instilled within you from a young age?
0: Um, well, growing up, I grew up in uh, Clinton Hill, Brooklyn, and both of my parents um, were oddballs in their families, mm. um, especially my mom, right? Um, I grew up like living different from everybody in my school and around me, uh, my neighborhood. I, was, I grew up vegan, Uh, I was born vegan Wow You know uh, My parents uh, Didn't believe in giving me vaccines And shots and stuff like that So I'm like One of those babies From the 90s eras Whose Mm. parents were like Deemed crazy Who didn't give their babies Like (laughs) vaccines And stuff like that (laughs) Meanwhile They were Um, pretty sane But (laughs) um, But yeah Like just them Choosing A very unique And um, I guess a unique uh, Position to life Right Mm. Or uh, a unique approach to life kind of made me an oddball, you know, and kind of like influenced my thinking to think out the box. Right. Mm. Um, so in terms of like influencing my, my work and my photography, I I always would like to like approach, uh, things from a, uh, esoteric, like, you know, oddball Mm. way, you know, um, even in my work, like for, um, doing portraits right for me it takes time for me to warm up to even want to photograph someone um so sitting down and getting to know them studying you know who the person is that's all that's all in in in, um ingrained in me and that's all from my parents and my parents are just reading people you know Mm. um so that that that's that aspect that comes for them i wasn't really uh Planning to be a photographer at heart, I was going to be like a plumber. (laughs) I was going to be a plumber. (laughs) That was the aspiration. uh, That was the aspiration. I was to start uh, a business. So I was going to get like a license to become a plumber Mm -hmm. and an electrician and start businesses all over like, you know, New York. Uh, But photography, when it was introduced to me, kind of found me. Uh, I just fell in love with it quickly and uh, excelled at it. Um, Mm. What age would you say this was at? I was 15. I was 15. I was around entering high school and you know i've never been uh the most studious student um you know I, I was in graffiti into graffiti around 15 so i had like a little crew and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh it got me in a ton of trouble <laughs> i'm sure um
1: but uh you're always artistic in a
0: sense always artistic in a sense and i i give that that kudos to my mother for just trying different things. She put me in everything like gymnastics Mm. and, you know, different sports. And, oh, you don't like this, so let's try something else out. Um, And she was also a traveler. So, like, not bringing me in terms of, like, outside of the United States, but all over New York. So Mm. my exposure to culture and other people came from her. You know, like, she loved to come out of her apartment and just – take the A train and get off random stops mm. and just walk the neighborhoods and just experience the air and the people. Yeah. And I was always on her hip. You know, I was mm. tied to my mother's hip. So uh, that that early exposure to like different New York cultures and the, the diversity, it really helped influence my work how it is today.
1: Mm, yeah, I can yeah. see that easily through just your, um, the way you photograph specifically your portraits mm. and even just your angles and uh, the way you approach your subjects. It's not in a cookie cutter mm. uh, traditional kind of sense. So I can see that uh, centrism as you speak about mm. be evoked through your photography. And um, where were your parents from, if I can ask? Uh, my parents are from
0: here, actually. Okay. Uh, my mom is from down south. Mm-hmm. My dad is from the Bronx, yeah, um, his parents come from North Carolina, mm. uh, and um, African-American, African American, um, African, but there's some Native American in there yeah. from um, my father's side. Beautiful um, man. But my dad is fathers from Panama.
1: Mm, okay, dope. Yeah. So uh, so cool to hear how they raised you mm-hmm. to raise you with a level of consciousness and awareness about the physical and the spiritual that mm-hmm. differs from most parents' uh, parenting advice in the West. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a real blessing, man, because I feel like a lot of people are chasing some of that wisdom mm. in their adult years. And yeah. it seems like you were able to receive some of it, at least from a young age. A, lo- a
0: lot of it I didn't appreciate.
1: Oh. <laughs> but but looking back, <laughs> but have, looking back now, I'm just like,
0: yeah. oh, wow, like because now being vegan and eating healthy is a trend. But yeah. I was younger. People would be like, oh, what's that you're eating and yeah. all types of stuff. But it really helped shape me.
1: So. Yeah, for sure, man. Even like growing up with a Caribbean grandmother and her mm-hmm. knowing all the bush plants and medicine. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a cold, you have a fever. Mm-hmm. You're not going to CVS. You go into the jungle to retrieve some plants to help yeah. you. That uh, that upbringing is very different than what's in the West. And yeah, as adults, yeah, we can't take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as you got this first camera, you speak about, or you start to begin shooting around 15. Was it? stills off the bat that you were mostly focused on or was there a shift that happened where you said, I want to get into video?
0: Um, it, was, it was mostly stills in the beginning. Um, I uh, credit my inspiration for um, video work to one of my uh, mentors, my first mentor, Jared Lavelle. Um, he worked at Studio Museum. I got started introducing this photography through a program called Expanding the Walls mm-hmm. up in Harlem. Uh, so I would come all the way from Flatbush. I went to school in Flatbush, and I would get on the Q train, take it all the way up to Harlem and be in this program. And uh, Lavelle played this movie for me. Everybody in the class fell asleep with me. And I just remember it was uh, the movie's called Baraka, right? Mm, crazy. Um, <laughs> inspirational. <laughs> yeah. And from there, that kind of like fueled me to want to get into like motion work. Mm. I, I didn't hop right into it right away, but always in the back of my mind. Like, I watched that movie religiously, literally for a whole year. Yeah. I just kept coming back to it's it a It's a long movie. <laughs> but, like, I just kept watching it. And it was 15. Like, being exposed to that at 15, just seeing, whoa, the possibilities. Like, Ron Frick is a genius. And um, I
1: credit all that to LaBelle. Yeah. Wow. So, after that, you wanted to get into cinematography.
0: 100%. Wow.
1: Oh. And... uh when you started to go to school after high school, um, where did you decide to go and where did you go for or what did you go for um, so I didn't do a traditional I didn't go the traditional
0: route I went to um, a place called Film Connection Institution mm-hmm. and that was uh, an online school but at the same time um, that uh, institution gave me the opportunity to have mentors right. Mm and my mentor just so happened to share a studio space with other uh people in the field alike so i uh, my mentor was a cinematographer and um by the name of Russell Geltman. and um he uh he had a partner who named Adam who uh was a producer and then he hired a whole bunch of people so there was like you know steady cam operators, mm. focus pullers, there was a commercial photographer in there and I just was the guinea pig. So yeah. I was working, oh, it was, you know, setting, clean up the storage room. So you're mm. in there with all the equipment, you know, you take stuff out and you try to try it on and, yeah. you know, just, just soaking all that up. Like I was on set every single day, every single day, just soaking up as much knowledge as I could. Um, and I was around like 17, 18, just being mm-hmm. exposed to that. Oh, wow. So yeah. early.
1: Very early. Yeah. And to be able to work on such vast sets, mm-hmm. that's a blessing, man. Very different from myself and many other people who mm-hmm. just start with a single DSLR and yeah. are just filming in that sense. To learn real uh, studio operations mm-hmm. is different. I, I feel like that also translates through a lot of your work because I feel like you have a great skill at just. Lighting your subjects in a beautiful oh, way. Yeah. Maybe you acquired that through some of your early years as I well. <laughs> I
0: definitely got lighting um, and gaffing from yeah. you know, being in that that uh, that program. So, mm, yeah.
1: Dope. When did you uh, start creating some of your own content? And maybe specifically, uh, when did you start getting into documenting hip-hop culture out here in New York? Man. Because that was my introduction to you for yeah. the people who are listening now. When I became aware of you, it was as a cinematographer and director Mm -hmm. working for different hip-hop artists here in Mm -hmm. Brooklyn and elsewhere. I didn't even know you did photography until a little bit later on. But um, looking into your career now and looking back a bit, I can see that there was some type of catalyst within the music culture and Mm -hmm. you starting to translate your work to focus a lot on musical artists. Mm -hmm. So when and how did that happen? That was early, no, that was late 2014.
0: Um, I had just finished my program and I got my, you know, certificate. Um, But I no longer wanted to work at the studio I was working at. Mm. Um, It just wasn't, it wasn't speaking to my heart. So I ended up coming out of that and I wanted to go back into school again, but I didn't get accepted into the school I wanted to get into. So I ended up around the same time around my birthday, I had lost my grandmother then. And I remember kind of meeting uh, this group uh, called Loaf Music, right, through a mutual friend called uh, Cisco. Shot by Cisco, mm, it's my dope. homie, right. Yeah. And uh, he worked a lot with them, and they were looking for like a cinematographer for a music video. And um, I signed on, and it was just like magic. It clicked, yeah. Um, but I always wanted to improve my still work because I kind of felt like I had a good sense of like the cinema world. Mm. Um, even though I didn't have like a lot of personal work in the cinema world, I kinda wanted to grow my still work. And for me, I can't focus on nine different things. I have to hone in on one. Um, I have to master one and then go to the next. So I kinda like left doing commercial work and um working as an AC and I went into just shooting stills. Um and that was around 2015. And 2015 was the bulk of most of my work that you probably know me for. Yeah, for sure. And it was a crazy year. You know, I, I had the opportunity to, to photograph so many different, yeah. you know, upcoming artists. Um, Landing some big cover art. Loving big videos. cover art videos. Yeah. It's just, it was crazy. Like, you know, I, I got published a lot mm-hmm. that year. Um And it kind of bled over into these years later, you know, five Mm. years later. So 2015 was the bulk of the year in which a lot of my work came out.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. I feel like when I came on to your work, uh, I saw a lot of similarities because I felt like we were both young photographers Mm -hmm. documenting this reemergence of... Hip hop mm-hmm. in New York among people our age mm-hmm. and documenting this renaissance that was happening from Brooklyn to Queens to the Bronx. Yep. And uh, photographing many of the same artists. Yep. And I felt like we were both very consciously trying to document. This scene in mm-hmm. as many different artists as possible. As we can. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So like, that's oh, exactly man. what it is. Yep. I respect this dude a lot for that because I'm trying to do the same because mm-hmm. not only for our own careers, but it was ill, like especially in 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. amongst our circle. Yeah, it was. You know? And uh, your work was just consistently popping up. Appreciate it, but man. But even yeah. beyond that, how was your love and passion for hip hop fueling? your desire to photograph this culture? I've always been a fan of hip-hop since young. Um,
0: And what actually got me into, again, I have to credit my mother for this because I remember this day clearly. I remember being at Best Buy, uh, 23rd Street off the F-Line. And uh, I think Lil Wayne, the Carter, Carter 1 or 2 was coming out. And I wanted to get that album, but my mother is old school. She wasn't a fan of the cursing. So she yeah. picked me up a random album and it was common finding forever. Wow. Right. And she was just like, I'll get you this. I had no idea who common was. I was like listening. I was a huge fan then. I was a huge fan of like Soulja Boy and you know, like the little bounce scene. Yeah. Right? The ringtone music that the was The ringtone up. music that was cool <laughs> yep. back then. But I remember getting that common album and I played it religiously for weeks. And then I I started doing research. Who's Dilla, mm-hmm. right? Like who's who's Slum Village? Getting into Kanye, like mm-hmm. going back into the vault and um, through that, because uh, I used to get I used to go to school um, in Flatbush, around like Flatbush and Fenimore. So I would take the shuttle train. Uh, so I walk to the train uh, to Franklin Avenue, right? And on Franklin there was a, a record store that used to be there. It's not there no more. Mm-hmm. But there was a guy named Israel who ran a record like a home. Uh, you know, a home record store yeah. shop in the ground. So like the wow. gate opens up, you walk downstairs and there's just records plastered everywhere. Wow. Right? And uh I had no idea who a lot of these artists were, but I was just attracted to the, the LP covers. Mm. So I, the first record I picked up was like Mace. I picked up a Biggie Smalls album and I picked up, uh I think it was a Wu-Tang album. It was a single though. Thank you. It might, it might have been guillotine guillotine mm, swords, no right, yeah, and I just remember I played on my mom's uh record um turntable record turntable, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was it, yeah, that was you it were so hooked. from there, <laughs> I was eighth grade, so from there, I just every time I had five dollars, two dollars, I mm-hmm. stopped in there,
1: pick wow. up records pick
0: up records wow. to this day, I still have collections, like oh, I have a yeah. large collection now, For but sure. to that to that really like it was from finding yeah. forever. Into everything else. Yeah. And that kind of just really like fueled my love to like photograph mm. um, hip hop. Yeah, So I wanted to have like, I wanted to be the guy who had album covers, mm. you know, like I didn't, didn't want to do like regular photos. Sh- I wanted to have album covers that would be all over the world. Yep. And I wanted to inspire somebody one day. And it's just so it sat up on the world because for me, it was always um, the goal was always to immortalize myself, mm. you know, from the jump, from the jump. Um I think under- about longevity. Longevity. It's never about the short term goal. For me is I like to shoot for the future. So some of my work, it may not pop off right now, but ten years later, there's yes. gonna be a historian, someone who goes back and goes, Wait a minute, this guy was consistent from 2015 to 2020. Mm. Right. And the bulk of his work photographed this entire scene which took off. Right. Yep. Um kind of like what Chimo do and kinda like what Jonathan Million did. Of course. You know. Um So that was always From the jump That was my goal Immortalize yourself Like You know You have But You know you, you you know We live to die You don't You don't have Much Information On when your time is Yes Right So for me It was just like I had to really Grind it out And mm-hmm. I was like I'm touching everybody Like yeah. I'm gonna photograph All of hip hop mm-hmm. Right And I I haven't even Stopped that journey I'm still in it Yes Um so yeah, that the music's definitely been the fuel, you know. Yeah. Like music's definitely been the fuel, and I'm a huge hip hop fan. i mean a of course, big hip hop fan, big <laughs> hip hop
1: fan, For big sure. fan of sample based music, mm-hmm. big fan of jazz, you know, yeah. funk, yeah, yeah. Well, you've definitely landed some good cover arts, man. Appreciate, you know, yeah, yeah. And Craft. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, many different artists, yeah. and uh, it is a different approach when you pick up that camera and you're aware that somebody is going to be digging through your archives one day mm-hmm. and be looking at these photos. It's something that has motivated me throughout my journey as well. And it's mm-hmm. also reassuring because even the book we were looking at contact high mm-hmm. earlier, yeah, you see that a lot of these old photos get dug up and people are so appreciative to yeah, see man. these moments, you know? So even when I take certain photos or I capture certain moments, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're living in a social media age where you share something and... It disappears. It it disappears. Yep. And it may not pop, or the receiving of it may not be tangibly felt because Mm -hmm. people are just hitting the like button. Mm -hmm. It's hard to gauge in modern times, sometimes, how your current work is being received. Mm -hmm. But we know from doing the research and the knowledge and someone like you enjoying these past cover arts and such, that... uh, you're working on a legacy and a catalog yeah. and a portfolio that is going to be received in a beautiful way with the context of the rest of your work in the yeah. future, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, yeah, man, your, your tenacity is something that I'm inspired by. And I think we a should, lot of man. other photographers are inspired by. Yeah, yeah man. And I feel like to be able to both tackle the stills to the motion picture is a beast in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, you don't like to work on nine things at a time. You got to hone in on one thing. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. And uh, I've realized on my path, something that I've had a lot of difficulty with personally Mm -hmm. is shooting videos and stills at the same time in my life. Because the videos take a lot of time. They take so much time. Yeah, yeah. So how has your video journey been, even outside of music videos, including music videos, but not only,
0: Um, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling to get back into it now because Mm -hmm. I feel like I've kind of got to a level of mastery and still work where I could take a pause Mm -hmm. and get back in. Some people don't even know me for video work and it's crazy (laughs) because I'm just like, you have like, that was what I was known for. Like I was known for just DP, 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 DP. Oh, like, who you know, like anybody, anybody reached out to me, yo, we love your DP work. We love, you know, Mm -hmm. so for me, it's like, wow, like a lot of people don't know, um, you know They don't know about my um, My video work So I'm just like I'm at the point where I'm just like You know I really Really need to get back to doing like uh, Cinema stuff Yeah um, But I want to do it differently Because we live in a day and age where Stuff is received and digested differently um, There's no such thing as long format work anymore mm-hmm. Short form is king Right uh, Short form is going to be king for a while Right. So we're in a weird phase where, you know, 30 minute pieces don't kind of, you know, they're kind of yeah. cool. You know, like people can't sit for an hour unless it's like a blockbuster. For sure. Um, so for me, I'm trying to find the formula that lives in short format.
1: Work. Mm.
0: Um, and that's where I think I want to live because no one's really touched like short format work. Like, in cinema-wise. Yes, on a cinematic
1: level. It's yes.
0: very Uncharted Waters. And I kind of want to go into Uncharted Waters because, you know, it's cool to be the first. Of course. Um, or one of the first. Because um, there's so many, the world is so vast, you can't yeah. really claim, put a stake. But, um, yeah, like, I'm definitely feeling, I'm feeling it now. Because I'm just like, there are times where, I like, I'll take a break from shooting and I'll just watch movies yeah. and movies. And I'm feeling the inspiration to not hop behind the cinema camera, but to
1: more so direct, mm. right? And
0: just be that
1: leader and the visionary in that, in
0: that aspect.
1: Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more, man. And I think something that will push any passionate cinematographer into that direction mm-hmm. is doing a ton of music videos mm-hmm. because <laughs> you eventually, uh, want to use what you've learned during these years for something a little bit more um, thematic Mm -hmm. and a little bit more maybe with more of a narrative. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know music videos are something we both have done a lot of. Mm -hmm. And even just a couple of weeks ago, we were joking about the process you go through as a Working with an artist and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just having to make revisions. And uh, sometimes the vision not matching up and it's lost
0: in translation, yep.
1: Yeah, completely. And that conversation we had together, as short as it was, left me thinking actually pretty deeply about the importance of being in full control mm-hmm. of your art, mm-hmm. even if you're working for another client. And as we were just coming here today, you were discussing how certain artists you've worked with have given you full creative control, yeah. even when they're hiring you. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I feel you have to reach a certain level for artists to trust you in that sense. It
0: takes a while. It takes a while. It's either it takes a, well, it's it's always a time game because you have to put in the work. Mm. So whether you're working with an artist for the first time and they give you full creative control, that's because you put the work in in the past. Right. So they know you have a, uh, you know, you have a catalog. Yes. Repertoire. You have a rep. And. For me, I always picture that for that, whether it's corporate work, commercial, whatever it is, I want 100 percent full creative control Um so I can bloom. You know, yes. like for me, I can't work under a, a microscope. Mm. Can't. It's very hard. Like You know, working with deadlines is great. It's good for me. I know. I know how, like, that's fine. But when it comes to my creative process and the way I digest just approaching my work. Yeah.
1: I have to have creative control, and it's not only for yourself; it's actually for the client. It's for themselves the client, yeah. as well, so you could actually attack the job as best as you can mm-hmm. and yield the best result. Because it's not an arrogant thing to know that you have a vision that you want to execute for this person. It's the reason why they should be They're hiring you. Yeah, yeah. Some so something I've had to navigate and learn as well, and something that has pushed me into want to do more. Documentary film, mm-hmm. narrative film stuff, and uh, lean towards projects and lean towards handling my career as a mm-hmm. photographer and cinematographer in a way in which I can have full creative control yeah. in anything I do. Yeah, And uh, yeah, something not to be taken for granted, yep. for sure. Yeah. So switching gears, man, which uh, I think a lot of our listeners may be surprised unless they know you personally. Mm-hmm. You are someone who... Has a deep passion for mixed martial arts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And from being someone, I would say an outsider mm-hmm. who has studied a lot of MMA but has not spent one minute on the mat. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to wrestle in high, high school, and middle yeah. school. But for someone who studied the philosophy and has received a tremendous amount of tools and inspiration just by, reading and watching documentaries and such. Mm -hmm. I know for someone such as yourself who has spent a lot of time in the mat and who has dedicated a lot of time in your life to this practice, Mm -hmm. that everything you've learned has translated to every other discipline in your life. It's one (laughs) one, uh, river. It's
0: one stream. Mm. Same thing. Um, Martial arts for me is kind of like a lifestyle, right? Martial arts in this day and age has kind of trans, well, let's not, not say martial arts as the broad picture, but like the 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 commercial version mm, of martial arts, yes. which most people receive it as just like the MMA sport, um, like UFC, you know, stuff like that, right? Um, it's kind of like Spartan type of, it's been broken down into, this, you know, brawl, Spartan, Brute, yeah. you know, very gladiator style uh, form of it. And there, that exists in martial arts, but for me, uh, it's more spiritual work because you learn very quickly on the mat who you really are, mm. right? You learn your strengths and your weaknesses from the first day. And for me, um, I normally excel at a lot of things I put my mind to, but it, martial arts was that bump on the road that mm. kind of like had me look, take a good look at myself, you know, um here's one great example. My professor, um, my jiu-jitsu professor, Brazilian jujitsu professor, um I have a a thing to want to rush the process, right? Uh patience has always been uh an, a thing that I've struggled yes. with, right? Just having the patience for things to come and develop and blossom, right? Um, but with jujitsu, you have to have patience and you have to have the tenacity as well as the grit to keep persevering and you're taking a beating right you're you're going to take a beating from white belt preferably all the way until you hit purple (laughs) there's no way out of it there's no way out of it right there will always be someone better and more knowledgeable than you Hmm. out there and for me to to kind of like take that in and really take a closer look at me and say, I'm not the best here. I'm not one of the best here. I'm not close to being one of the yeah, best here, right? Yeah. Um, it's humbling. It's very humbling. So it kind of changed my perspective on um, on life, really. You know, like martial arts has a deep, uh, a deep, uh, what's the word? It's deeply rooted in spiritual practices. Yes, completely. Um, and... That's kind of what reaches to me, because, you know, I, I like to I meditate often, daily, twice a day. And for me, uh, it was the same thing. Like meditation is repetition, you know, repetition. Yes. Over and over. People say I can't I don't meditate well. Well, how many times do you do it? You know, it's like lifting weights. You just can't go and lift a ninety pound weight. Yeah. You have to work your way up to it. And the same thing with uh martial arts is repetition. So when you constantly like work with stuff. Right, and you're constantly doing it almost every day or on a set schedule, it kind of just translates to every side of your
1: life. Of course. Yeah, there's no avoiding it at that point. Um, I feel like any deep discipline of any sort, the spiritual dimension of it Mm -hmm. is actually what's most important Mm -hmm. because that's what's going to provide you the broad-reaching effects Mm -hmm. that we're discussing into every other avenue of your life. And uh, we see it often in MMA, but also with other traditions, you know meditation or yoga that mm-hmm. once you get into that discipline of training that muscle as we mm-hmm. speak to, that it translates into how you handle a conflict with your partner, yep, how you handle trouble in the streets if that something happens 100 percent <laughs> you know 100 applicable. Yeah. and um, how you do anything is how you do everything. yeah, that's man. the phrase, yeah. right yeah yep. and um. To me, for me, just to be an outsider and to observe some of your journey, and mm-hmm. that has been very telling as, um, as someone who seeks to find different paths to help me excel in other areas of mm-hmm. my life. I think um, it's something I wanted to discuss to motivate other people to not only maybe look into something physical like MMA, but mm-hmm. to find another discipline outside of your immediate craft that can impact not only your other immediate craft, but your life in general. I think that's important. Yeah. I think that's
0: very important. Um, whether that be swimming, basketball, Mm. soccer, drawing, painting, uh, people watching. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like, like observing, like even that, like, I think that's important because sometimes you can, your, your craft and always hustling in your craft and being in it constantly it could kind of like rule, rule mm. over your world. Yes. And for you to take full control is important to have that breakaway.
1: Yeah. And usually when you're hustling in your own craft, you're usually in this day and age, you're doing it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're in some type of physical or spiritual discipline, you mm-hmm. have an elder. Who Mm -hmm. has more experience Mm -hmm. guiding you, Mm -hmm. which is so important. Yeah. And I know that mentorship is something that is very much both important to you and I. Yeah. And um, you, even though you're still a young man, Mm -hmm. we're both young men, you have already begun the process of mentoring others, mentoring teenagers, Mm -hmm. even younger ages. And uh, you've worked with, an organization called... Educate Little Monsters. Little Monsters. Yeah, from Bushwick, Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. you, I'm sure, have done things on your own as yeah. well, outside of that. And mm-hmm. you let me know you're working on some other things right now, which yeah. are exciting. How has that process been? And not only that, how has you making the decision to mentor others affected your work as you continue to develop yourself now?
0: Uh, it's self-reflection, because working with uh, the youth you know children i kind of see myself in them you know like not really show, sure sure who you are you know mm. you want to try a little bit of this a little bit of that kind of like that drifting you know um that drifting period in your life but it's it's important to know because you know when 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 wood drifts on water there's always still a set path mm. you know yes. so things are always going to continuously keep flowing so for me i like to think of myself as the river so it doesn't matter if they take a pit stop here or if they go over here or if they branch off into another river it's Mm. still one continuous flow right and that repetition of water and that cycle is great because i was once in that position i once had a mentor you know like i had someone you know several mentors looking over me and constantly looking out for me and for me it's kind of like even brushing up on my uh you know, my knowledge on things. I have to go back and like for me, because when I shoot, everything's automatic now. It's the mm-hmm. second muscle. So I can you know, shoot. And people go yeah. like, how you do that? And just to, just to break that down for where it's digestible for, you know, children and then yeah. for like young adults and teens, mm-hmm. it takes studying. So now I have to, I find myself relearning videos. I'm on yeah. YouTube again. You have I'm to find a language books. to be able to teach You have to it, find a language us, to it's teach ineffable,
1: it. you know? Yep. It's, yeah. a sec-
0: it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an involuntary muscle for us. Um, So yeah, it's, it's a learning experience for me. Yeah. You know, they're learning photography and, you know, motion work for me. um, And I'm learning how
1: to reconnect with that side again. Yes, for sure, man. I, I've always said that an effective teacher is an active student Mm -hmm. and I've been studying mentorship on just a pretty broad level lately and on a spiritual level and on Mm -hmm. a uh, community level. and, you see time and time again that to mentor someone is to receive just as much as you're giving Mm -hmm. to the mentee. And a lot of people our age feel like they may not be old enough to mentor somebody else Mm -hmm. um, already enough. But there's a... uh, an awesome dude named Michael Mead, who I've been reading a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And he speaks about something called mentoring moments mm-hmm. so that sometimes you may mentor somebody for a brief moment. It may mm-hmm. not be a multi-year partnership or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that young men and women of our age are able to offer to other people, whether or not they're our official mentee or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think it's important to see how sharp we are ourselves because, as you said, once you need to articulate it into a language, Mm -hmm. you have to really go back and do the study. Uh, Yeah, you do. Yeah, because you can't just say, this is how I do it. Mm -hmm. Do it like me. Yeah. You kind of got to describe the process behind it. And um, I'm sure working with children, you've become a lot sharper in your own work.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's great. You have to really be on point, you know, because… They're full of questions that you can never even think of, you know, like <laughs> yeah. they're going to hit you at all different types of yeah. angles and you have to be ready for that. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, whether that's in photography or something non-related. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that's important. And, and just just to just double back on what you said, like you know, some people our age don't feel like they're in a position to mentor. I don't quite agree with that sometimes Mm. because I feel like your experience is only unique to you. Mm. Right? So, you know, our experiences, you know, we're parallel but our experiences are different. We hit different bumps on the road and, you know, so I will always be able to learn from you always, yeah. you know, a brief conversation, like you said, is can go a long way, of course. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I highly believe that everyone has something to bring to the table.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. And I think, um, it's the perception that mm-hmm. many people our age feel, yeah. you know, that I also uh, don't necessarily agree with that uh, everyone has something to teach us the nature and cycle of how humans grow together. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are a parent or have younger siblings, you see how much you learn from people who are many years younger than you. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, man, this journey of not only being a photographer or cinematographer, but being an overall artist and young man or young woman in this day and age that we're living in, I feel like it requires community. Mm-hmm. It requires friendships, conversations, mentorship, And something I see shine through your work is that you have taken the time to forge relationships with many different artists, many different models, different Mm -hmm. people. And uh, relationships are what lead to powerful work and to that level of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think about when I see some of your work is that, wow, this person behind the lens is really comfortable. They trust Mm them. Even sometimes, you know, you're doing indoor work Mm -hmm. in a studio. Mm -hmm. Um, It may be very up close. It may be a very emotional even set, the Mm -hmm. way the light design is and what's around. But I always see this level of trust, Mm -hmm. as you say, from the other person. And how would you say you cultivate that? Um... You have to be a people person. Sometimes I say...
0: A lot of people say I'm not a people person. But when <laughs> um, I pick up the camera, I don't know. It's like the camera for me was... In the beginning, it was a shield, right? Um, but towards like... As I grew with it, it became more so a um, a way my, trans, my device translator, you know? So um, sometimes... For me, I like to spend time with my subjects. Either we go get something to eat, we have a conversation. Yes. Um, but then there are times where I don't have, you know, a lot of time for that. Right. There are moments where I don't have that. For me, I, I it's all account. I will, if I have 15 minutes with like, let's say a subject, right. Or an hour of subject. 20 minutes is going to be a lot of the talking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll set, I'll do the lighting setup, etc. Let's say if I'm doing like commercial portraits and it's with an artist, right. Who's you know sponsoring it or something. Right? I will have the set set up. And when they sit down, how's your day going? You know, like mm-hmm. it, I like to get up and, you know, really close and yes. personal. And I, it, <clears throat> it all matters to me because comfort, being comfortable with a photographer, comfortability is the key to everything. Mm, And I learned that from photographer Joey Lawrence, Mm. right? Joey L's work is, it's all intimate. And just through watching his work, you have to spend time with people. You just can't just come in, shoot, 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 pose. I see photographers on set because everything's digital now. So they put on, they tether it, they put put it up to a computer Mm -hmm. and they're clicking very fast. The lights are going off and they're catching moments, right? Which is an art in itself. But, For me, the process is, if I'm having an hour with you, I want five photographs, Mm. solid, that will live forever. Like, my work needs to be able to sit and really speak, and I want to be able to touch that person's soul. Yes. So, for me, it's a skill I'm not able to quite explain to the best of my abilities, but it's it's just having a conversation and connecting with someone and, you know, like... Asking someone how their day was or yeah. how was your ride over here? Of course. You know, did you eat yet? Yeah. You know, like you want some water? Like, mm-hmm. okay. Like as long. And I, I, I always tell myself, I need you 100% comfortable. Mm. Right. So take a deep breath, relax. If the pose I suggest is not, you know, quite to your natural, your body on how it feels, yeah. don't do it. You mm. know, because at the end of the day, I win when you're comfortable.
1: Of course. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like it's um, as simple as pure presence. Mm -hmm. Really showing the person that you're there with them. You're not thinking about the outcome. You're not thinking about how am I going to take this photo and then contact the editor of this magazine Mm -hmm. to land Mm -hmm. this big publication or something. Uh, For me, it's presence because if we're photographing other people's eyes specifically and their face and we're Mm -hmm. taking a portrait Any amount of discomfort, as you say, it shows It shows right away. away. It's
0: in the eyes. And the person who
1: sees it knows like, oh, that person, even if they can't articulate it, they say, oh, something looks off Off in this photo. So I think when you do the opposite and make them comfortable, you really see it. Yep. Wow. So I feel like um, you are someone who is always looking for another opportunity Mm -hmm. to excel, Mm -hmm. to grow. I'm very curious what's next for you. Um, I'm not sure I'm I'm
0: I'm going with the flow right now you know like I have I have some goals in mind some people who I wish to work with There's mm-hmm. there's some artists that I wish to work with um I do plan on releasing a book um mm-hmm. in the near future beautiful and have you started um, working on that? I've started working okay. on it uh, I started back in 2015 but for me it's more <laughs> of a it's more of a life project mm. than uh, a time-based project where yes. you have to get it out, you know. Um, so, it'll come when it's ready to, you know, come into fruition. No doubt. Um, but uh, I'm not sure entirely sure what's next. We'll see where life takes me. Yeah. Um, I do plan on continuing to grow within photography. I do plan on continuing to teach Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully I can become a professor one day. Yeah. Um you'd be a great professor, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but those are like small little pits and stops that I wish to have. Maybe I'll go into like more graphic design. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in different, you know, forms of art and media. Yeah. And
1: um hopefully I can express that in my artwork, you know, in the near future. Mm, beautiful, man. One more thing I want to uh, touch on mm-hmm. is the subject of workflow. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe even get a little bit more technical for those who are maybe seeking that kind of information. Mm-hmm. But for you, without giving away any secrets or personal workflow, mm-hmm. what do you do before you sit down to edit, let's say photos specifically? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do beforehand and how do you tackle that process, especially when? you may have taken a lot of photos. Mm -hmm. Something I know many photographers deal with is when you have a range of great photos Mm -hmm. and you have to go through selection, you have to go through editing. What is a bit of your process? Um, It's interesting because
0: uh, now I changed up my workflow slightly. Um, So I use this example. I did a photo shoot with a model on the beach maybe two and a half weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We've... Maybe shot like five hundred photographs, right, wow. and out of that five hundred I have five right, <laughs> yep, <laughs> and my five solid it comes from you know there is there their their technical size so is the photograph balance, how's the weight of the photograph you know mm-hmm. the color, the mood, the tone, you know is everything visually pleasing? what's the visual rhythm you know of the photograph you know there's there's that technical side, you know, I always look through my work on um bridge mm-hmm. right. Um, when it's portraits and I'm I'm looking to do like very intimate stuff, I've always edited it on Photoshop, so from Bridge to Photoshop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but um, when I'm going through that, it's it's the eyes. Yeah, I'm looking for something in the eyes. I can't quite explain it, but I know what it is when I yes. see it, and it's kind of like this connection that draws you in. Mm-hmm. I what I do quite differently now is I don't leave that process up to me. Solely, mm. I may do like a Zoom call and share my screen with the client. Wow. And I'll go through it and I'll, I'll you know, they'll, they'll say something. I'm like, ah, I disagree with that, but I'll highlight it, you know? Yeah. And that is kind of good for me because there are times where your client may see something you may not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know some photographers are not really comfortable with that, yeah. but it's a learning experience for me. It is. Um, it's a learning experience for me. So for me, that's kind of like my workflow. Mm. Um. That's that's like predominantly how I like to to choose my work.
1: Yeah, it has
0: to be like I need at least a solid five. I can get ten. Yeah, that's that's great.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's good, man. That's I mean, really to it. even aim for a solid five that mm-hmm. can stand the test of time and mm-hmm. that the client can be happy with mm-hmm. is a big achievement. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more about um, humbling yourself and showing the work to a client. Mm-hmm. And receiving a different perspective. Yep. You know, I just came back from a trip with my girlfriend and I was handing her my camera many times to take some photos. And I was so impressed by, and also even sometimes embarrassed mm-hmm. at the photos she would take that I did not see that Easy. angle at yeah. all. It didn't even, didn't even pop in my mind. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually thinking about that just a couple of days ago, how much of a blessing that is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you see it working with your students. Yep. That uh, these different perspectives all help to help you reorient yourself and how you want to photograph in the future. Yep. And um, that's something I wanna incorporate more into my workflow as well as sharing the bulk photos a bit more mm-hmm. and getting some advice, whether or not we agree with it or not.
0: Yeah. You have to be in a good place and you know, you have to be comfortable with that. You have to yeah. be comfortable with yourself. Like you know yourself as an artist. And just because someone disagrees with you and says, oh, I don't like this photograph because this and that and the other, yeah. right, that doesn't really, it's not really a hit to your ego or your artwork or what you think mm-hmm. is beautiful or not. Um, it's really just a learning experience. And for yeah. me, it's helped me, oh, I didn't look at it in this mm-hmm. way. Maybe I could frame this way next time. Of course. Or if I work with you again, now I now we have a rapport where mm. we kind of work with each other very nicely yes. and start just some flow
1: there. Yeah. Which is yeah. so important, man. Yeah. So to wrap up, mm. uh, I've been asking a couple of the other guests, the same questions, mm-hmm. but who are some artists, some inspirations, it could be authors, photographers, painters, whoever that you are currently being inspired by. Um, two or
0: three. well off the top, Chimo du, Jonathan Mannion, Ron Frick, uh, Chiva Emmanuel mm. Um Chiva's like all time all time favorite. I met I met one of them, Bradford Young. Um, Bradford Young is a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Love his work. Like it's, it's the way he works with dark skin tones is yeah. buttery, man. It's like just <laughs> it easy to do. Big yeah. is not easy yeah. at all, especially shooting on film. Like of course. yeah, <laughs> I can go for hours and talk about yeah. how 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 good his work is. But mm. Bradford Young. Um Christopher Doyle, a uh, couple of other people, Andrew Dosimo, um, hmm, who else is there? There's a few other noteworthy names. Um even Jordan Peele like Jordan mm. Peele's work, uh his 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 work in terms of writing. Yeah. Very sure. good work.
1: Yeah, have you seen Lovecraft
0: Country? I am a big fan of Lovecraft <laughs> I Country. I just started it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. two,
1: ep- three episodes in. Yeah, I'm
0: on episode three. Yeah, yeah me too, man. Last night, <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh At amazing. first, I wasn't sold, and then I was like, Amazing. Whoa. It's amazing. Yeah. The writing yeah. is just like how he ties things in, the little like hidden. Oh, yeah, the man. Easter eggs are crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for people who <laughs> yeah. like
1: little Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much stuff between, like hidden beneath the surface. Yep. But don't man, I mean, you gave a lot of people to- That's a lot of people. People can go look up If if you can, please check
0: out Bradford Young. Bradford Young is a very well one. He's a young cinematographer, Mm -hmm. right? For his age, for what he's achieved. But two, he's um, you know he's a cinematographer of color, Mm. and just that is very important to me because that that narrative that narrative is not told. You know, it's not. And he's in he's in the commercial. He's done Disney yeah. movies. You know, people yeah. don't know his story, so mm. I think that's something that people should definitely look up, look at for. Um, yeah, check. that so out. as well, out.
1: man. Uh, that's very important because, as you say, to shoot darker skin tones mm-hmm. on film is very difficult. And that people, is people don't know the, the racist backstory to that. Even it's is that very The film stocks were created not for not for, for, not <laughs> for dark <laughs> skin tones. Yeah, not. man. So yep. there's there's a lot of deep history and mm-hmm. uh, it's worth spending time researching those mm-hmm. who are doing it right nowadays because they deserve the shine. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So Thank you for shouting homie Yeah, I'm definitely going to do the knowledge on him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Secondly, what is something you do every day, which you kind of alluded to already, but you can repeat it or say something else. Something you do every day that you would consider ceremonial or ritualistic or something to get your mind right in order mm-hmm. to be, most optimal sen can be? Uh
0: meditation is the biggest thing in my life that I could think of. Uh, I meditate early in the morning. As soon as I wake up, that's the first thing I do. Um, in my meditations, I normally have a script and you know I always, you know, try my best to talk to the Supreme Being and, you mm-hmm. know, be thankful for, you know, my experiences in life. And then at night I always do the same thing. I review my goal list. You know, things I want to have 10 years from now, things I want to accomplish a year from now. And I visualize it as I meditate at night so I could take it into my dreams and act it out the mm. next day. So that, that meditation ritual continuously, that works for me. One, it keeps me calm. It keeps me level headed. Uh, and meditation is great. We, we can get into it about how it explains, you know, you know, white matter in your brain. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's great, but that's my predominant ritual. Uh just in the morning as soon as I wake up, five, ten minutes, sometimes fifteen. Um, and then at night for like thirty minutes, forty-five minutes.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think um utilizing the power and mystery of the subconscious mm-hmm. is one of the biggest tools we have in our toolbox when it mm-hmm. comes to being a human and spiritual being. And it's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, and it's not free. only that, it's the most powerful, it's thing, a powerful you can thing you could possibly do Yep. And uh, let's sit on that for a bit actually Just for a moment or two Your practice of visualization mm-hmm. Your practice of putting down your goals onto paper mm-hmm. These things sound very basic But you and I both know Many people don't take the time to do that mm-hmm. Even certain times in our lives We may get stuck in the hustle And you know, yep. have to come back to these practices mm-hmm. But how have they benefited you?
0: Uh, They changed my life Like I've I've been meditating Since high school I've been blessed enough To have a course In high school Where they taught meditation As an extracurricular activity Beautiful Um, And that's just random But it's made Such an impact on my life That I've never Stopped meditating Since a young age Wow Um, My parents have always meditated um, And I get that from them But it's It's helped me Achieve so much Right Like Everything I've ever wanted, I visualized it first. Mm -hmm. And there are people on, I have a list of artists, maybe like a hundred of them, where I've checked off and I'll be like, for example, like my brother Sky Zoo, right? Um, I had Sky Zoo on my list at 15, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Just being a fan of his work. And I remember being 15 and listening to him in high school and being like, I'm going to work with that guy. And I would literally just write it down. And visualize it when I can.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: uh before it was in the shower, because the shower, mm-hmm. the water was calming for me. Yeah. Right. So I would be in the shower and I'll just like, you know, meditate and just being in that uh that state of mind mm-hmm. where I, I'm seeing my goals. It's helped me accomplish so much where to the point where I'm like, I forget some of my accomplishments. <laughs> yep. And um sometimes I'm I'm actually learning to live in the moment and not out of it, mm-hmm. right? And just enjoy the experience. But Meditation has helped me get my emotions together as well as helped me along you know, with my goals in life.
1: Beautiful, man. I got yeah. chills with you telling the Sky Zoo story mm-hmm. because with with my project, the fifth tape that I put out, mm-hmm. um, I spent so many years visualizing the different artists mm-hmm. I wanted to make music with. Mm-hmm. And Sky Zoo was one of them. Yeah, And uh, he was someone I was able to check off the list. You know, Ab Soul, these other people as well yeah. who... I was actually very honest with myself saying I don't know how. Yeah, you you never happen. know how, you don't but know it just how. it just, you know, materializes yes, itself completely man and uh if anything What I want to encourage to people as well, listening to this, is to write down your goals. As crazy as they, I mean, the crazier they are, the more you should be writing them down. The more you should write it down, (laughs) yep.
0: Yeah. Even if you don't have a plan, you can't really visualize it. You don't know how. It seems out of reach. It seems Mm -hmm. something that's impossible. Just write it down. Yeah. And try to revisit it once or twice a day. Yeah. Couldn't
1: agree more, man. Yeah. To wrap up, what is something in your life right now you're trying to master?
0: Patience Yeah, patience um, My middle name is an African middle name It's called Meneb, right? Uh, so my full name is Sinechu Meneb Neti, right? Um, its meaning means uh, through his joy And um, through his joy And following the enlightened ancestors He shall survive, right? Um, but the Meneb part of my name is... Patience and when you break down the philosophy of Mineb, Mineb could be applied to all aspects of life, right? So, you know, when you're in an argument, do you have Mineb, right? My mother always says that all the time, Where's your Mineb? You know? Yeah. Um I have a, a spiritual mentor and every single time something comes up, he always starts with my middle name, Minab, Mineb, Mineb, Mineb. Mm. Um so patience is something that I'm working with. Uh, having the patience for my career to you know grow and stuff you know I've I've accomplished fairly a a, a good amount of goals in my life but it doesn't feel sometimes it doesn't feel fulfilling I still feel hungry but it's having the patience to not say I wish I was already or I you know you have to really be very grateful for time because You know, time is the mother, the motherboard and the mother load of everything. Mm. You know, it takes it takes time for things. You don't want to jump the gun. So patience
1: is the biggest thing. Yeah, no doubt, man. Thank you for having the Meneb to have this conversation. And uh, for me to sit down with a fellow brother. Someone who I respect so much. Another Appreciate photographer of color. Yeah, It's uh, it's an honor, man. We're bro, bro. I would love to have you back on Masters of Ceremony sometime. Appreciate man. it, man. Of course. Anytime, brother. Bless up, bro. Much love, man. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Sen. I really hope you guys got to receive some of the information and gems that Sen was dropping here because I feel like a lot of what he had to share was so insightful and can really help us all change the way we decide to live our lives and work towards our dreams and passions. So if you want to learn more about Sen, you can follow him through all of his social medias and websites, which will be linked in the show notes below. And again, I really appreciate you all taking the time to listen. And if you enjoy, share with a friend, leave a rating, a review. All of it truly does mean so much to me. Thanks a lot. See you all again soon. Peace.